feature new competitor here. We have Kirsty Alley. Come in, Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty. How are you? Just sit here and tell us about yourself. Okay. Tell us about yourself, Kirsty. Okay, I'm an interior designer. I moved here a year ago from Wichita, Kansas. I have no children. I have cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Huh? That's no it. children, cats. Well, they may give you less trouble. All right, here we go. All right, I want a good, clean fight. I want a comfortable pair of shoes. And I want a nice ham sandwich. Not too fatty. You got that? What? Let's get it on. Rest in peace, Kirstie Alley and Mills Lane. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 330, Submission Number 729, Magruder and Loud. Magruder and Loud aired on ABC from January 20th to April 30th, 1985. For 15 episodes. Well, here we are in the middle of the 80s, and the main draw on Monday night is a gritty cop show involving two very different police officers beating these mean streets and living their best lives. I speak, of course, of Cagney and Lacey. Why are we talking about Cagney and Lacey? Because ABC, with help from Aaron Spelling, wanted their own Cagney and Lacey. But with a very dark, very dangerous, very sexy twist. Woo-woo! Magruder and Loud is the story of two police officers from Los Angeles, Malcolm Magruder and Jenny Loud. They formed what the law enforcement community called 
a dog and cat team. Now, for those of you who are not in the law enforcement community or have not seen future entry, dog and cat. A dog and cat team comprises of one male police officer and one female police officer. The male in this case, obviously, Detective Malcolm Magruder, played by John Getz. The female, the cat in this equation, is Detective Jenny Loud, played by Catherine Harold. Eventually, Magruder and Loud become friends, and then they become something more, until they decide to get married. Which normally would not be an issue, at least not in 2022, but in the beat-down, roughed-up cop world of 1985, fraternizing within the ranks is strictly forbidden. So not only do they have to watch each other's backs on the field, they have to watch each other's backs in terms of keeping this very dark, very dangerous, very sexy secret. As we said before, Malcolm Magruder, the dog detective, is played by John Getz, who, what have we seen him in? He was in The Fly, the 1986 The Fly. He was in The Fly, wasn't he? And he was in The Fly, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot there was a second one. Yeah, with Eric Stoltz. He's no Jeff Goldblum, that's for sure. No. And actually, he was in a show that we didn't mention long ago. It was within the last three weeks, I think. He was in 13 episodes of Bosch. Mm-hmm. Bosch? Yeah, we talked about that. I forget what episode. I bet you it wasn't Hot Potato, and I know it wasn't Time Machine. But we did talk about Bosch within like the last three weeks, I want to say. Hold on, time out, Bosch. Is this a show about the bounty hunter from The Empire Strikes Back? No, it's a show about the center for the Toronto Raptors that was drafted fifth in 2003. You're both wrong. It's a show about the guy who played the second Black Ranger on Power Rangers. I trust him. He's the pro on that stuff. But I'd still like to see a TV show about Chris Bosch. Don't we all? Not me. Yeah, I'm not really a Raptors fan, to be honest. You're no wheelchair Jimmy. Let me tell you that much, Mike. That's it. I'm leaving. You used to call me on the cell phone. (laughs) Don't compare me to wheelchair Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Come back here. Come here. Come Come back back. here. Come back. Come back. So, I'll be good. I can't promise Greg will be good, but I'll be good. And playing the cat in this relationship, Detective Jenny Loud, is Catherine Harold, who was in, among other things... Things. Things. She was in Things. There we go. Okay. That's a pretty accurate statement, though, if you take a look at her career. She's been in a lot of stuff, just not stuff that lasted terribly long. Oh, it looks like she was Francine Sanders on the Larry Sanders show. Yeah. Hold on. She was in 
the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Raw Deal. She was the female lead in that movie. Yep. And actually, uh, another thing, and I'm pretty sure this is on the list, and if not, it should be. Uh, She was on the Bronx Zoo in 1987 and 88, uh, a high school drama uh, with Ed Asner playing the principal of the school. We have talked about Catherine Harold before it just occurred to me. What? She was the senator from Nevada on five episodes of previous entry, Mr. Sterling. Oh. Okay, okay. yeah. As senator from Nevada. No character name, just senator from Nevada. Not based on any particular senator from Nevada. She's just a senator from Nevada. Yeah, you'd have to ask John Royalston what senator she's supposed to be playing. Who are the senators from Nevada? I mean, okay, Harry Reid, but who else? Before 2003? Well, I was going to say, I think we answered our question with that little pause there. Who else of note was a senator? Maybe uh, McCarran, because uh, that was the airport name in Vegas before it became Harry Reid Airport. Before Before we we all all discovered... discovered what we know about McCarran. I don't know what about McCarran. You have to... He's a slave owner and a racist. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, no. Never mind. Never mind. Question withdrawn. Rounding out the cast is Ted Ross playing Detective Sergeant Devin with an epic mustache, I must say. He played the lion in The Wiz. The movie The Wiz. The movie The Wiz with Diana Ross. And Nipsey as the Tin Man and Michael Jackson as the Scarecrow. But you know something? He also played Captain Reed in Police Academy. And I only mention that because Police Academy made Michael Winslow's career. And of course, if you weren't with us last week, Greg was born the week Michael Winslow was on Hot Potato. And the day that Tom Brady didn't have the 30 on Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. Not joking. He mentioned in Hot Potato. Hold on, Johnny. What show was that Michael Winslow was on? He was on Hot Potato, you son of a Hey, Shadow Stevens. Who hosted the show that aired exactly a year later after Hot Potato? Just getting mileage out of these clips. The John Davidson, the hot potato clips with Johnny. Yeah, we're we're getting all the mileage. Hey, you're not going to hear me complain. And of course, rounding out the cast is Frank McCarthy as Sergeant Merrim. Another epic mustache, I should say. Unfortunately, I cannot find a page on IMDb about him. And uh, one more police officer of note, Lee DeBrew. Another epic mustache, I must say. And by the way, he played Sal in RoboCop. I think it's actually law that any police procedural, every male cop must have a sweet mustache. Except for Malcolm Magruder. Okay, there's an exception to the rule, but all supporting cast... Everybody's got to have a mustache. Yeah. But that's basically our Los Angeles Police Department paralogue. 
Because if you look at the credits, it doesn't say LAPD. It says LSPD. What's that about? Is it supposed to be set in Los Santos and GTA? Maybe? Well, maybe it's it's Los Angeles Police Department. Oh, it's the Great Value LAPD. Yeah, think about that. Los Angeles Police Department. I'm going to L.S. I love L.S. But it seems like the hook of this series was the will they or won't they get caught in a compromising situation. Magruder and Loud, they each lived in a duplex apartment, their own address, their own P.O. boxes, but there's a hidden door in a grandfather clock where Malcolm could sneak in and out and uh, have a conjugal, I guess you could say. Let me guess. I got a good idea what would happen to that grandfather clock. Are you ready? Boing! (laughs) I saw that coming, and yet I allowed it. I think we all saw that coming. Excuse the phrase. But I should note, this show premiered after Super Bowl nineteen on ABC. And this is continuing the tradition for some reason in December. We do a show that aired after the Super Bowl. Because two years ago we did Davis Rules. Last year we did The Last Precinct. And now we're doing this. But Super Bowl nineteen was a big deal for ABC to have this be the lead-out program, because this was ABC's first Super Bowl. This was the Super Bowl between San Francisco and Miami from Stanford Stadium. And, oh, I should mention to you guys a fun fact. I once decided, I saw, like, a flyer for this Super Bowl somewhere. I don't know where I found it, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to randomly put this flyer in a bottle, and I'm going to send it in the ocean. And one day someone's going to find that bottle with that flyer and wonder, what the hell is this? I feel like there's going to be a callback somewhere in this episode. Maybe there is. Oh, by the way, I did find the IMDP page for Frank McCarthy. He was credited as Francis X. McCarthy, and he was in both The Man with Two Brains and Basketball. Who did he play in Basketball? He played Dr. Kaiser in Basketball. Dr. Kaiser? Was his character related to Terry Kaiser? Oh, (laughs) jeez. It always goes back to Terry Kaiser around here. Not enough A's and not enough death. Hold on, guys. Time out. He was in a 1998 episode as a judge on... Silk stockings. Yeah, he was. Obviously not the man meat of the week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Well, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I asked a question. I'll take that as a no. 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 But if you are a fan of Dear White People on Netflix, he played Professor Queensfield. So, yep, still working to this day. And good on him for that. Hold on. Time out. He's also on 
future installment, Second Chance 2016. Is this continuing our other tradition, covering shows called Second Chance? Oh, yes. Well, apparently, I think this is going to be our last chance. I think this is the last second chance we can do. Unless we cover the Jennifer Lopez second chances. So what sort of antics do our married police cops buy themselves in? Well, it's all flushed out in the pilot, where we have a couple that happens to be cops, but cannot reveal that they are married because the force doesn't allow it. Which leads them to a secret life. And among the uh, sort of guest stars, the also starring bunch here, is Robert Desiderio, who is pretty much in everything in the 80s. He plays a character named Lynch on this show. And he would have uh, longer runs on Knott's Landing. Yeah, he was in one season of that. And also, he played a character called Jack Masseroni on three episodes of The Sopranos. But did you see who his wife is? Who is his wife? Judith Light. Oh. Very nice. Well, that's very yeah. nice. Yeah. For, for, from Who's the Boss? And, of course, we always have to answer that question, who was the boss? Greg, we know who it was. Who was it? It was Mona. Mona was Mona! Wasn't Angela, wasn't Tony, it was Mona. Yeah, everyone knows it's Mona. Well, just in case new listeners don't know, the boss was Mona. The boss was Mona. But, yeah, they've been married almost 40 years. They got married January 1st of 85. Wow. Wow. Nice. So they would have been married like a good three weeks when this show premiered. Yep. Oh, so while we're on Knott's Landing, playing the role of Malcolm Skeet in this episode would be John Plachette. Let me take a good guess who he's married to, okay? Uh-huh. Suzanne? You are wrong, sir. Oh. Well, who's he married to? He's married to Lynn Plachette. Oh, there's another plushette? There's another plushette. Oh. I have to wonder if John is related to Suzanne Plushette. John Plushette and Suzanne Plushette were cousins. Oh, that makes it gross. Oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe you said that either. And another big name in this episode, playing... A character called Caparelli, Tony Musante. You would best know him as David Toma in all 23 episodes of Toma. Of course, Toma is best remembered as the show that became Beretta when Tony Musante either was fired or quit and they replaced him with Robert Blake. Episode 2, The Violation. This would be the first episode that aired in its regular time slot on Tuesdays. After Jenny is nearly raped, her job performance suffers and her relationship with Malcolm is under a severe strain. These mean streets, yo. 
these mean streets. Episode 3, The Inside Man. Malcolm hides a nonconformist friend who witnessed a robbery and a murder. Playing said nonconformist man, a guy by the name of Floyd, somebody who we've talked about numerous times on this podcast, Tom Villard. Are you talking about America's ass in 1983? I am talking about America's ass in 1983. Sweet. Because as we all know, in 1983, Steve Rogers was in ice somewhere in the Arctic Ocean. Oh, it was sad until like about 25 or so years later when they finally got Steve out of the ice and he could rightfully reclaim his throat again as America's ass. And the leader of the Avengers. Yes. Until the Sokovia Accords. And then things took a turn. God damn you, Baron Zemo. Episode 4. The odds favor death. Malcolm and Jenny suspect an officer is furnishing mobsters with tips on gambling raids. Couple of names of note in this one. Playing Braddock is Sandy McPeak. And Sandy McPeak would be best known for Kelly's Heroes, Patton, and 1966's Batman. He played the Giggler. What the hell is the Giggler? It's obviously someone in the bottom tier of Batman's rogues gallery list, even lower than the Condiment King. Yes, folks, there's an actual Batman villain called the Condiment King. Condiment King? Yeah. How low? Wait, wait, wait. I got a question. How low on the totem pole of Batman villains is the Condiment King? Oh, very, very, very low. So there's one thing that he really needs to do. Catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Did you also know there's a Batman villain called Kite Man? Yeah. I imagine that the Giggler is looking at Kite Man and say, Get my shine box! And he's probably saying to Condiment Man, go get me some horseradish sauce. <laughs> condiment Man? I'm... No, oh, no, not, I, I the, no to... not, not Condiment Man. He's the Condiment King. The Condiment, the condiment King. King. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that sort of like Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago? No, I, he's like the Burger King, I guess. <laughs> Except without the creepy uh, mask. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Oh, boy. There's also a big name in this episode besides Sandy McPeak. Leanne Hunley. Do not know what her character is, but she would be taking a break from obviously doing Days of Our Lives and uh, One Week of Hot Potato, if you remember. That's right. She was on Hot Potato with Bill Cullen. Johnny, no, don't. episode 5 on the wire a gambler there are a lot of gamblers in this series I've noticed anyway a gambler 
woos Jenny while she investigates his underworld connections. There are a lot of there's nothing to do except gamble and pretend to be not married. A couple of big names on this episode, playing Beauclair, the name of the gambler, is Ben Murphy, who was on pretty much anything needing a guest-starring role during the 70s and 80s, in addition to all of his episodes of Gemini Man and all of his episodes of Lottery. Y'all remember Gemini Man, right? Yeah, vaguely. Y'all remember Lottery, right? Well, duh. Well, I remember that. Yeah. And we have a couple more big names here. Actually, three more big names. Playing Ray is Richard Venture, which we talked about in previous century Street Hawk. And playing a bodyguard, Dennis Farina. Hello. Oh, big yeah. name there. Yeah, it would be like a year before Crime Story. But the biggest name of all, Moonlighting from Hill Street, playing Roche, Dennis Franz. This is the second straight week we've talked about him. Because he was on E slash R last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we said he played Bunce on Hill Street Blues. Yeah. And of course... Don't forget the short-lived spinoff, Beverly Hills Bunts. Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Beverly Hills Bunts. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> you know what? what you said, and get... I'm sure we're going to cover it one day. We're going to cover it one day. Oh, oh yeah. But when you said get that crap out of here, you remind me of like, because I have NBA League Pass on uh, Amazon Prime Video. And there's this one announcer. So you've been watching Cavs games and you've been watching Austin Carr. Get that weak stuff out of here. No, 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 no. Better. Is that what you're saying? No. There's an announcer for the Raptors on TSN who says, whenever there's a block shot, get that garbage out of here. (laughs) Okay. He just stole it from Austin Carr. He stole it from Austin Carr because Austin Carr says, get that weak stuff out of here when somebody blocks a shot. You think everything is picking on Cleveland. No, I don't. Austin Carr's yeah. been saying it for like 30 years before the Raptors were even a franchise. Oh, I'll well, right he now. says it more funnier. So. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Austin Carr may have originated the phrase, but only Greg could make it sound like Mike Francesa said it. Get that garbage out of here. Get lost. Get that garbage out of here. Oh, also, I just want to tell you guys, I've been going in a, a rabbit hole about the Condiment King. The person who voiced the Condiment King in Batman the Animated Series? Stuart Pankin. What? (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm I'm looking at a a fandom page, and there's a page to the Condiment King, and it says that he first appeared in the episode Make Him Laugh, voiced by Stuart Pankin. Well, you know what? Maybe in the next Suicide Squad movie, maybe James Gunn will have the Condiment King in it. I mean, he gave the Polka Dot Man a great arc in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Hey, you know, Sriracha's really big right now. That that could be a weapon that he could use. That's hot. Episode 6. Cop Killer. 
Jenny contends with a new partner as Malcolm deals with guilt and accusations following his shooting of an unarmed deaf boy. What exactly do they mean by unarmed deaf boy? He is a boy. He is deaf. And he was unarmed. Oh, okay. So this is like <laughs> Reginald Bell Johnson and Die Hard. I shot a kid. And a couple of names in this episode. Playing a character by the name of Owen is William Russ, who, of course, we would know as Alan Matthews, a.k.a. Corey's daddy on Boy Meets World. That's right. And, of course, you know what that means whenever we mention Boy Meets World. We've got to mention the takeout business. That's right. I figure you do a good takeout business. The takeout business. Yeah, we do a good takeout business. Takeout business. <laughs> and playing Richard is Lane Smith, who was in a lot. He was Jim Trotter in My Cousin Vinny. He was Mayor Bates in Red Dawn. He was Coach Riley in The Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah, Coach Riley. What an <laughs> he was in The Mighty Ducks. He was the Bill Belichick of peewee hockey in Minnesota. Oh, damn. I went there. Yes, you did go there. But he was also in future entries, K.O. O'Brien, The Crew, and Good Sports. Yes, but hold on. We forgot one thing, Chico. What's that? He was Perry White in Lois and Clark. He was Perry White in Lois and Clark. Yeah. Episode 7, Under Special Circumstances. While investigating two violent hold-up suspects, Jenny must cope with a female reporter's romantic interest in Malcolm. We have a big name in the uh, acting department, but also a big name in the directing department. Playing the role of Bass in this episode is David Grove. If I'm not mistaken, he was either in Mary Tellermore or Rhoda or one of them two. He was definitely in Rhoda. Okay. He was he was the husband in Rhoda. He was Rhoda's husband. That's why I just said he was the husband of Rhoda. Yeah. Okay. We're not getting into the semantics debate again here, Chico. No, we're yes, not. he was Rhoda's husband. Yes, he was the husband of Rhoda. Yes. And directing this episode, this was an early directorial role for Stan Lathan, who went on to direct episodes of Real Husbands of Hollywood, The Soul Man, Amen, Martin, Moesha, The Parkers, and The Steve Harvey Show. And he also co-created Deaf Comedy Jam with Russell Simmons. Episode 8, Sanctuary. Jenny and Malcolm investigate the stabbing of an illegal alien's wife who was killed while seeking sanctuary in a church. Playing the uh, unfortunate uh, couple here, Guerrero was played by Victor Campos, who is known for playing Ronnie Echeverria in Scarface, if you remember that. And the other half of that couple, Chico, playing Maria, we literally just talked about her last week, Martha Velez, because she was on an episode of E slash R. And also, actually, a.k.a. Pablo 2. She was Lucia Rivera Delgado on six episodes of a.k.a. Pablo. I want to say all six episodes of a.k.a. Pablo. However many there were, yes. Episode 9. 
Sleepover Man. A jewel thief flaunts his presence, making special targets of Malcolm and Jenny, but still eludes capture. Uh, playing in a return engagement, apparently, Robert Desiderio as Lynch. We already talked about him and what he's done with his career, so we're just going to keep it moving. Episode 10, For Better or For Worse. Malcolm and Jenny encounter a man who is stalking and harassing his ex-wife, who's about to get married. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was waiting for that. Playing the uh, stalker, Mark Kinney, is Bruce Fairbairn, who was known for playing Officer Chris Owens in The Rookies, all 46 episodes, I should say. And playing his put-upon wife, Anne Dusenberry, which we actually talked about on this podcast. She was the wife and mother, Margot McGibbon, in Life with Lucy. She was also on one of the real memorable weeks of Super Password, uh, one of the uh, all-celebrity weeks, because it was her, Lucy, Estelle Getty, and Betty White. Buzzer has shown that plenty of times. You, you, if you've never seen I, it, it's definitely out there. I want to say they aired it uh, fairly recently, if I'm not mistaken. Well, that's why I said I've seen it quite a bit, and that includes in the last like three weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, she is a very good player. Lucy is not really a good player, but she's a really good storyteller. Lucy had fun that week. Let's say she, that. She did. She did. And hey, one more name playing mm-hmm. Danny in this episode. Richard Hatch, not the one from Survivor. The Richard Hatch that made the rounds in the 70s and 80s. He was Captain Apollo on Battlestar Galactica. And he was also uh, Inspector Robbins on the streets of San Francisco. So yeah, definitely made the rounds back uh, in the 70s and 80s. Oh, by the way, did we mention while all of this is going on, Jenny is waiting for the results of a pregnancy test. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah, you can keep your relationship secret, but what happens when a kid gets involved, I wonder? You won't believe what happened. Guess we'll never know. Episode 11, The Price of Junk. Jenny poses as an addicted prostitute. Hello. To trap the drug dealer responsible for the death of a runaway teen's mother. Oh, big name on this episode. Playing Wyoming, that is his name, by the way, Wings Hauser, who we actually talked about last year around this time when we covered The Last Precinct. He played Lieutenant Hobbs. He was also in the Why Did This Sequel Exist? Beastmaster 2 Through the Portal of Time. No, seriously, why did that sequel exist? Episode 12. The Very Scary Man. When a molested child's parents won't take legal action, Jenny tries to trap the suspect. Two big names of this episode. 
playing the little child, Kathy, Soleil Moon Fry. Need we say more? Punky. Oh, Punky. Punky. There's the George Gaines we needed. Thank you. Punky, please tell Sherry to not go inside the refrigerator. Please tell her to not play hide-and-seek while he has Frank Bonner for a new refrigerator. Yep. Hey, Chico, Uh I bet you the next person that you're going to mention is probably that very scary man. Because if this person does not qualify as a very scary man, somebody's, like, overqualified. Because this is a very scary man, if you think about it. Oh, no, he wasn't the very scary man. He was an attorney in this episode. Yeah, the very scary man was, I believe, played by Barry Primus. He doesn't look like a scary man. He looks like a very creepy man, but not a very scary man. But the attorney, could he, and I'm being serious here, could he be in any other role on any other TV show a very scary man? Not an attorney, but a very scary man. Yes. I wouldn't want to run into this guy in a dark alley. This is a very scary man. Would you like to run into him in a sewer in New York? See what I did there? Yeah, that's a couple years down the line. Yeah. Playing the attorney, Ron Perlman. Of Beauty of the Beast, Hellboy. You don't even need to say anything. Beauty of the Beast and Hellboy. Beauty of the Beast. That's it. That's the list. Yep. That's it. That's the list. Oh, and uh, we have Julie Cobb as Olivia, the mother of Soleil Moon Fry's character. Because, if I'm not mistaken, she's one year removed, either before or after, from playing Jill Pembroke on Charles in Charge. Well, 84-85, this would still be in the first season of Charles in Charge. Episode 13, Act of War. Malcolm and Jenny encounter teen gangs and drug dealers while seeking assailants in a gang-related killing. A special guest in this particular episode, it's not mentioned on IMDb, but it is mentioned on Google, Akasua Busia, who is actually the daughter, believe it or not, of the Prime Minister of Ghana, West Africa from 1969 to 1972. They're both educated in Oxford University in England, and she went on to play Nettie Harris in The Color Purple. Episode 14, Tarnished Blues. A bumbling, inexperienced officer complicates Malcolm's search for robbers who wounded Jenny. Oh no, he did not just wound his wife. And you have the audacity to go and ruin his investigation. Of course, I speak of this episode's guest star playing Ellis, Boyd Gaines, who would be taking a break from One Day at a Time. He plays Mark Royer, Barbara Cooper's husband. So he was married to Valerie Bertinelli. You lucky dog. But he also played... Coach Brackett in Porky's. And as somebody actually said on our Twitter page, Porky's undoubtedly made Kim Cattrall's career. That's <laughs> 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 
And he also played Michael on the film version of Fame. And I only bring that up because rest in peace, Irene Cara. And that's it. That's the show. One person you forgot in this episode, Chico. Uh-huh. How is this person not a Hall of Famer possibly as soon as next year? Playing Sandy? Rebecca Balding. Yes. Second ballot Hall of Famer, Rebecca Balding. Mark it. Possibly, yes. So now we can say that's the series. That's the series. And you know what? If you take away, I think I can tell you where it sort of kind of fell flat. Because if you take away the conceit of the secret lovers, all you get is a plain old police procedural. And the thing of it is, ABC was pretty much selling the whole conceit all over the place. I mean, if you see early advertising, early promos for the show, you hear that booming voice of Ernie Anderson playing up that sort of conceit like lovers by night, cops by days. And they have to keep their things a secret if they want to keep their job. Magruder and Loud, Sunday after the Super Bowl or something. Tuesday. I'm going in. Cop killers are begging for trouble. Three cops are down. When they go gunning for TV's only married cops. Hold it! Don't move! Showtime. Magruder and Loud at 9, 8 Central. Tuesday. And Sunday after the Super Bowl, I actually have the rating if you want to hear it. That night's Super Bowl. Had a 46.4 rating, 63 share. Magruder and Loud had a 22.8 rating, opposite an all new Trapper John MD, with a 17.3. By the way, you should mention a sequel to the movie, not the series. Yeah, Purnell Roberts played the older version of Elliot Gould. Correct. So, after the Super Bowl, respectable. We go two days in to its regular Tuesday slot, which is right between Who's the Boss at 8.30 and Call to Glory at 10, which we did mention in the Street Hawk episode, by the way. And 18.3, which is not bad. In fact, it would have won the time slot outright if it weren't for a little show on NBC called Riptide. Greg has nothing to say about Riptide. This might be a first. Yeah, Riptide. With Tom Bray. And that robot. Sweet robot. And the next week, not only is it on opposite Riptide at this time, it's on opposite a miniseries, part three of a miniseries, Robert Kennedy and his ties. Did you say Robert Kennedy and his ties? His times, Greg. Oh. What? I like Greg's version better. And his so do ties. I. Robert Kennedy and his ties was the highest rated program on CBS that night, but it still could not be riptide which is getting a 20.1 out of the A-Team's 24. And Magruder and Loud, despite being the highest-rated show on ABC, 
could not beat either one of them. That is sad and pathetic. And the rest of the run pretty much continued down that path with Riptide coming in first, followed by Magruder and Loud, followed by whatever CBS was limping to the barn with. Except on February 12th, because CBS was airing a three-hour movie, part two of the Atlanta Child Murders, which pretty much owns the night, even beating the A-team by two-tenths of a point. But they had to preempt Magruder and Loud that following week, because this is February sweeps after all, and ABC gave the night over to Hollywood Wives, which would be the uh, made-for-TV adaptation of the Jackie Collins novel. And what did the networks play to counter Hollywood Wives? A new episode of Riptide and Rocky. Neither came close. And then as the weeks go by, Magruder and Loud sort of languished in third place against Riptide and the Tuesday night movie on CBS. And it really couldn't catch up. And by the end of the season, Magruder and Loud went quiet. In fact, they moved it over to 10 o'clock in the later part of the run in order to see if they can't, you know, shore up the number. Because on April 9th, we have a change in the lineup. We have Three's a Crowd, followed by Foul Ups, Leaps, and Blunders, Who's the Boss, a new series, Hail to the Chief, and then Magruder and Loud. The audience of Magruder and Loud were not staying up to watch it. Oh, we're going to talk about Hail to the Chief. Patty Duke is president. And why not? We love Patty Duke. Hey, I bet you it was no hail to the chimp. Oh, boy. But I should note, as I mentioned, this was the first Super Bowl that ABC had, and this was their big show that they wanted to show off. And then, no. Didn't work out. Well, ABC the next time around for Super Bowl twenty two, And I know this because Jaguar Gator 9 on YouTube made a video about this. And you should check it out about what ABC's original plan was for Super Bowl twenty two. They were going to originally air the pilot for China Beach. But then, because they realized, oh, crap. This is two hours long. This game could go forever in the Super Bowl. And we have to air this two-hour movie. That's not a good idea. And we don't want to have another Magruder and Loud situation. They replaced it with a show about a kid by the name of Kevin Arnold from the 1960s with his family. And you know the rest of the story. One would even say that that Halcyon era and Kevin Arnold's life were the Wonder Years. Yes. But all in all, Magruder and Loud ranked 36 out of 77 shows with a 14.9 rating on average and a 23 share. 
It was not good enough to warrant a second season, though. And many people were blaming the fact that ABC kept moving the show around. But the thing of it is, they only moved it uh, twice. Once as the Super Bowl, and then once uh, a month before its final episode. So, it wasn't really that. Fact of the matter is, it could not hold a candle to Riptide. Like, at all. And also, and this is from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia, the series was rushed into production by ABC in order to capitalize on the popularity of Cagney and Lacey, which would have been airing on Monday nights. So, yeah. You rush something into production, it never ends well. I mean, just ask McLean Stevenson. And I have from IMDb this additional factoid that ABC spent millions and hyped the show for three months with nonstop ads on TV in, and in print, and it premiered as an event following Super Bowl nineteen, which we went over a lot. It got a huge audience despite dreadful early reviews, but the ratings didn't hold, and the following week it dropped to 34th in the ratings and continued to plummet until ABC pulled the show after only three months. They couldn't find an audience with this premise. But they would revisit it again, sort of kind of retooled with uh, a different dog and cat team. A former model played by Civil Shepherd and a former grizzled beat cop played by Bruce Willis. And to the life of me, I do not know what happens to those two. Or that show. Or that show. But you know what? Some walk by night and some fly by day. But that's another show. One we're probably not going to cover on this show. Oh, definitely not. So, there you have it. Magruder and Loud premiered out of the Super Bowl with a lot of promise, even though the reviews were dreadful. But in the end, it just became another thing on TV. But guys, you guys want to play a little naughty May Prices, right? Oh, jeez. Really? Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. Play the sexy sax music. What the hell is this? I'm on Etsy right now, and I found four slides. Four. Four slides. Four publicity slides. The images are in good shape overall with some handling wear. The two slides on the bottom have quite a bit of light surface scratching. The slide mounts are showing a little wear here and there. And some slides have writing on the mounts. But all in all, pretty good stuff. 
And again, this is on Etsy by user Capital A Marketing. So what say you, Greg? Twenty-five bucks. Mike? Nine ninety-nine. Okay, you can get this on Etsy for sixty dollars, Greg. Yeah, I win. And I know you're going to, because as we've proven time and again on this show, you hate money. No, I'm going to get those Second Chance 1987 slides before that. That seems more your speed. But there you go. That's the show. As always, you can check out our website. It was a thing on TV. We have this and all of our other episodes, our live watches, our mini-sodes. And I know I said live watches because... Still to come this week, Greg, you and I are going to watch something that was covered on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know if Mike's going to be here for it or not, but we're going to go back and cover the Star Wars Holiday Special, but not just the Star Wars Holiday Special. We're going to cover it live as it was meant to be seen in 1978 with commercials, damn it. So many commercials. All the commercials. We're going to have the look for the union label commercial. We're going to have that commercial for the Reggie Bar, CBS News stuff, all the while while freaking Chewbacca's dad is getting a hologram boner. It's called a holocron, Greg. Whatever. Hologram. Holocron, same thing. And of course, all of our episodes at ItWasAThingOnTV.com. In addition to links to all of our socials at ItWasAThingOnTV, except on Facebook, who was apparently very quiet with Magruder and Loud. They gave us It Was A Thing On TV podcast. But as always, on YouTube, do not forget, like, subscribe, share, Hit the notification bell so you can stay up to date with not just the Star Wars Holiday Special live, exclamation point, but what we have in store next week. Oh boy. We have a triple header next week, it looks like. Number one, the first season of an 80s classic. Number two, the second reboot of a 70s classic, and number three, something that we talked about on this very podcast for two weeks straight, including this episode, if you are paying attention. Search your soul. You know which one we're talking about. And also, the third episode is going to be three, three, three. If you could do the math, you can figure out what we're about to cover. Wow. That's a lot of threes. It's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. It's like a crowd. Yeah. It's like a crowd of threes. Yeah. Crowd of threes. Well, we'll go over all of that good stuff next week right here on It Was a Thing on TV for Greg for Mike, my name is Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one.
Wow! He's too old, man. What? Are we rescued yet? You're gonna need to get rescued in a second if you don't quit asking me that. Oh. He's too old, man. What? Is there ice cream yet? You're gonna need to get ice cream in a second if you don't quit asking me that. You know, because I'm gonna hit you and you'll need the ice cream to stop the swelling. Hey, Stinko Man. Um, you just called me Stinko Man? Yes, so I did. Jeez. You don't happen to have a gun on your side of the island, do you? No. Hey, Strong Man, check this out. Oh, don't start with that. Don't. Don't start. Yay. Don't do it up. Oh. Man, I love doing that. Well, check it out. A message in a bottle. What? Super Bowl 19. Miami Dolphins versus San Francisco 49ers. Great. We're saved! This is the worst deserted island ever. 